It's time for your weekly dose of nostalgia with the 80s and 90s Uncensored. I am Milo Dennison. And I'm Jamie Fenderson. And today we're going to talk about David Gant and his gang and the infamous Loomis Fargo heist of 1997. Yeah, this, this is a good subject. You didn't know about this, right? I did not know anything about this, but I have certainly learned a lot about it over the past couple of days in doing this research. Yeah, these masterminds stole $17 million, 17.3, I think was actually the total. Uh-huh. And um, unfortunately, they got caught eventually due to the um, stupidity of a few people involved in the in the thievery what i didn't know so check this out did you know about a few months before this happened in march of that same year a guy named philip johnson stole 18.8 million dollars also from loomis fargo the same company i didn't know that yeah so how come shouldn't that be more that should be that's even more money that should be more famous than this You'd think, but I guess just because he got caught so easily and less ridiculously. But yeah, that guy. <laughs> they didn't make a movie about him called Masterminds in 2016, right? No, it was just him. They uh, in Jacksonville, Florida, and same thing. He was working for the Loomis Fargo Loomis Lugo Farmus uh, company. Loomis Fargo. Loomis Fargo Company, and just decided, hey, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to steal all this money. And he held two of his coworkers at gunpoint because he had a gun. They gave him a gun. He worked there and ran off with a van full of cash, eventually hid it in a um, storage unit. And they found him. It wasn't all that much later that they found him. So not as interesting a story. He got caught in trying to go through the border to Mexico. Oh, Mm mm-hmm. Seems like people think they're going to be safe in Mexico. I don't think so. <laughs> no, as as we learned uh, from David Gant. <laughs> nope. So David Gant was also, he was the vault supervisor um, for Loomis Fargo and Company in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I guess he's pretty disgruntled. He worked like 80-hour weeks for like eight bucks an hour. And he met uh, he met a co-worker there. Uh, co coworker, he kind of got became and now he was married, but I guess he didn't like his wife that much and became kind of enamored with with his coworker. His wife kept him on a tight financial leash, and he didn't appreciate it. Yeah, not that he needed a tight financial leash, because because I guess it was really understaffed, and he was working so much that he couldn't do a whole lot anyway. <laughs> so he he got he got kind of pissed, and he got tired of tired of it all. And so he got with his his kind of new crush, and um, they also employed uh, kind of a small time criminal that was a friend of hers. So her name was um, Kelly. Kelly Campbell. And then they 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 employed a a guy, kind of a small time crook named Steve Chambers, and they hatched a plan to steal a bunch of money from the Loomis Fargo in charlotte north carolina so they they did it (laughs) but then it got weird (laughs) yeah so basically kelly had left loomis fargo but she kept in touch with david and 
David in his disgruntledness, Kelly's like, well, hey, you got access to all that money. So uh, why don't we take it? And he's like, yeah, if you come to Mexico with me. And she's like, oh, sure, you go to Mexico and I'll uh, I'll meet you there. And uh, she went to high school, I believe, with that Steve Chambers character. And he gets involved and he brings in his wife, this other guy by the name of Eric Payne, and I think others as well. And the idea is David closing one night on a Saturday night will load a van up with all the money. He will then meet Kelly and Steve and they will split the money three ways, which seems like a terrible deal for David because he's the one who's on camera taking all of the money. Yeah. Well, the reason why he was on camera is so he thought he was pretty smart and he disabled two of the cameras but he didn't even know about one of the cameras that was still going. So the third camera was catching everything. So the other two came, came in a van and they just started loading it up. But the thing is they, they can only do the 17.3 million because there was more, but I guess money's really heavy. That's why another reason you have to use these armored cars is not just to protect the money, but also to, to carry it. Money's money's like heavy. So they're like, Oh crap, we can't, we can't get everything. So they got as much as they could. And from my understanding, he was like, look, okay. David was like, give me 50 grand so I can bolt to Mexico and lay low for a little while. And then later you guys, you know, wire me (laughs) the money like that. That's totally going to happen. Like, (laughs) (laughs) sure. No problem. No problem. I I think fifty grand was like the max you could take through customs that's, or something like that right, without, without getting them tagged. asking any questions. So he went down with like fifty grand or just under fifty grand, so they wouldn't ask any questions. And he's like living the high life and buying. He bought like four pair of boots, like in one city. He's, he's just buying stuff. He's he's he can't help himself. He, even though he's been featured on America's Most Wanted. And, you know, people totally knows what he looks like. But, hey, let's just spend a bunch of money in Mexico. Well, he's not even as bad as the two others. So they stayed behind. Yep. And even though the the small time crooks like, hey, we, 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 we shouldn't spend too much. They couldn't help themselves. And they bought they bought a mansion. But it's like kind of in the same neighborhood. <laughs> they didn't even buy it somewhere else. It's like in the same neighborhood where they stole the money and they were buying like velvet Elvis paintings and tobacco Indians, all the like expensive white trash kind of decor. And then she's buying like BMWs. <laughs> They're buying all this stuff on in cash. Yeah. But they never really left the region. They're still in the same area. <laughs> yeah. So Steve and his wife, Michelle, they uh, bought a house, cars, basically just lavishly spending money. And at first the local sheriff thought that it was drug money because they were small time criminals. You know, how did you go from living in a trailer to living in this exclusive housed area and stuff like that? And then he, the sheriff was like, okay, well maybe it's these people that stole the bank. He involves the FBI. And then the FBI starts following them. (laughs) And and they even have like Michelle going into banks with like satchels of cash 
uh, to make deposits and stuff. And like at one point, she actually said something to a teller. I saw a thing on this. And she was like, how much can I give you without you having to do any paperwork on this? Like, what's the <laughs> maximum amount? And the teller was like, this amount. But the reality was, uh, since you brought it up, I'm going to do some paperwork on this. So the FBI becomes aware of it. It's like, yeah, there's just um, another guy, Eric Payne, who was involved, and he ran like a copy store where they swapped vans at. He went out, took massive lavish vacations. He bought a Harley. And the best part is he got breast implants and a new nose for his wife, all paid for in cash. So very nice to the wife. Hey, baby, got all this money. You want new boobs? It's just such a ridiculous story. But then it you know keeps going though because David's down in Mexico and he's like running out of money because he he can't help himself. But he only had fifty grand, so he was like, "Hey guys, uh, uh, I'm gonna have to go ahead and ask for you to wire me some money because I kind of out because I keep buying boots and live like living the good life down here. But I'm kind of like I'm kind of uh, kind of broke now." So I think it was Steve, was it Steve Chambers was not really wanting to send David Gant money, right? So yeah. he hired an assassin and a hitman yep. to go down to Mexico. He put a hit on him. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> okay, wait a minute. If we don't, if we kill David, then we get to split all the money. So problem solved there. Yeah. So David is kind of in contact with Kelly, basically doing the whole, hey, when are you coming down? And she's like, oh, don't worry, I'll come down eventually. But in the process, of course, he lets Kelly know where he is. And Kelly lets Steve know where's, where's he, where he is. And Steve lets Mike, the assassin, know where, <laughs> where David is. But I guess at some point... And so, of course, by this point, the FBI is on to them. They're like sitting in cars across the road. They've got the tap phones tapped. They're like following him by airplanes and all that kind of stuff. But apparently some guy also kind of gave David the heads up that there was a hit out on him at, at some point. And so David kind of started to get really paranoid and moving around a whole bunch while he was in Florida or sorry, in Mexico. But since he was keeping in touch with Kelly, Kelly knew where he was. Because she had a big crush on her, man. That that's yeah. what that's what the thing is. I mean, that's what everybody's like. He just had just a huge crush on this gal. Yeah, never even like had sex with her. Apparently, all they ever did was kiss once, ac according to David. Seventeen seventeen million dollar kiss right there. Yeah, wow. that is one expensive kiss. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he said that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's what he said after he got caught. Because I guess the FBI agent when they caught him. Oh yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, he gets caught. So well, he got gets this... caught because he didn't get killed. So everybody's like, well, what happened to him to get hit? He didn't get hit because I guess the guy found him, the hitman. Yeah. But he didn't want to kill him. And he ended up kind of befriending him. Yeah. Gave him a heads up. And he's like, hey, uh, so uh, there's a hit out on you. So anyway, the FBI is in all this now. And they're like, okay, well, now at this point, we know where David is. So let's bust David. And then we'll bust everybody else. And so when the FBI busted David, that's when they 
asked him, they're like, David, why, why, why did you do all this? And David's like, well, you know, for the girl, you know, <laughs> he's like, well, is it worth it? He's like, well, that's one expensive kiss. There's <laughs> something that's how the conversation went down. Wow. Yeah. He ended up, he and, and the, the gang that we were talking about got convicted, but a bunch of other people did too, indirectly for like getting like deposit boxes and banks. So it was a total of what, 24 or 27 people were convicted of something rather? Yeah, 21 people were indicted. Only one of them went to trial, and that was Steve. Basically, everybody else said, yeah, we're guilty. You know, let's plea deal, except for Steve, who fought it and ended up getting convicted. So I think Steve got the most time, like 11 point something years. 11, yeah, 11 years. Yeah. So uh, he he got the most time out of all of them. Well, David got what seven and a half years, yeah. But he only he served five, and then they let him go on, um, what like a parole. Good behavior. But he still owes a, like there's still like what two million or something unaccounted for. So he owes money to the IRS. So basically, he works as a construction worker, and like a big chunk of his paycheck just goes to the government. Yeah. So, um, roughly ten million was recovered. Uh, from safe deposit boxes and and other stuff. I think it was 10 million. Maybe it was a little bit more actually. And they they found like stashes of cash in all the people's houses. So when they searched Steve's house, they found like boxes of cash under the bed and Kelly's house stashes of cash. So all the people had cash everywhere just stashed. And yeah, so they have to pay back all the money that's left. <laughs> well, they auctioned off all the stuff too, like the, the yeah. BMW and the house and, and even the, yeah. the velvet the, the Elvis, Elvis painting. painting. <laughs> the tobacco, tobacco. Classy. <laughs> yeah. And the thing that makes them dumbasses about, well, many things, but the, the money wasn't marked, right? So if they had been smart about it and just lived under the radar and didn't just lavishly spend money, there was no way for the FBI to, track the cash they could have just you know maybe got a little bit nicer of a house that kind of stuff and slowly well, maybe not money. in the same place in the same in a different town city state <laughs> maybe go somewhere else yeah yeah get out of the area so people aren't <laughs> be like wait a minute how did these people suddenly become rich they didn't have a job before yeah Buy yourself a business and slowly launder money through your own business, people. Come on. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows this. Yeah. Is that is that what you would do? Like, like what if we like like let's let's do this? What if we were like Loomis people and we just stole 17 million dollars? Like how how would we how what would you do? First of all, I'd be better about being on camera. I would assume even if I found the cameras that there's one I don't know of. So yeah. what you gotta do if you're getting a buddy involved. Put a mask on the buddy, have them point a gun at you to make it look like you're actually being forced to mm. like do it. And then when you load everything up, you still go with and you disappear because then they think maybe you were killed or something like that, right? Like the person mm -hmm. who had you by gunpoint made you rob it and then killed you. So that helps you get out of the way. If you're the other person, then yeah, don't get on camera. So and so to not have any connections. And then start a small business. And just slowly launder money through your business. Something that's like, you know, like, let's say I got a photography studio, right? Where I've got clients coming and going, but they pay hundred, couple hundred, maybe a thousand or so per shoot or wedding or whatever like that. And uh, I take in the cash. 
I deposit it to my bank, a few thousand here and there, not a huge amount to stand out. I'm still showing is not making that much per year. And then of course, I also occasionally pay for things in cash, but I don't buy a car in cash. I just pay for dinner in cash. You know, that kind of you stuff. Don't, you don't <laughs> buy a you don't buy a mansion in the same region that you stole all that money from, like yeah. pretty much right after you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. don't do that. You you eventually after you're yeah. You've got to live pretty modest, but these people just couldn't help themselves. I mean, expensive, like velvet Elvis paintings. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. That's why I think it's that's why. Have you seen that movie, Masterminds? No, I haven't. I tried to find it, but uh, I couldn't find it, find it to watch. So I wasn't able to, but I'll have to watch it now because I also didn't want it to. I'm sure they distorted what happened a lot. So I didn't want it to distort this. Mix up my research. Also, if anyone's I haven't list- seen it either, so oh, I'll watch it now. But um, if anyone's listening and they need a photographer to launder money through their business, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just would request a certain percentage of the money being laundered. So, FYI, anyone listening? <laughs> FBI, he's joking. No, you're listening. He's joking. Did, did you see the? <laughs> Did you see? Right? <laughs> yes. Yes, FBI. I am completely joking. Did you see, though, that what the FBI called this? They called it Operation Charlotte for Charlotte, North Carolina, and Loot. Operation <laughs> Charlotte. That's what the FBI called it. I wonder if they really, I mean, they're doing their job, but how sorry can you feel for Loomis Fargo? Like, this is like the second time this happened to them. Not at all. First of all, apparently they they're we're a terrible company to work for. Maybe it's changed since then, but that's the main reason why Philip Johnson, that one I initially mentioned, mm-hmm. stole it because they just treated their employees like crap. Apparently, he said after he got caught that he wasn't even going to keep all the money for himself. He was actually going to offer to return some of the money to Loomis Fargo if they started treating their employees better and gave them better salaries. So I don't know if that's true. He was just making that up to try to get a better deal on his conviction. But uh, but yeah, treat your employees better and maybe they won't steal from you. And come on, somebody does something, you put in policies and restrictions in place so that a few months later, another employee doesn't do the exact same thing. Yeah, right? No, I don't feel sorry for them, jackasses. Yeah, I mean, I I find it hard to feel sorry for them because obviously, like they're having issues. They they they're not fixing their issues. It's kind of like this place in Issaquah, the Egg and Dust. It finally burned down. It's this kind of country, greasy spoon country like diner. Mm-hmm. But they had caught. They had had fires like twice before they burned down, right? So then they finally burned down after they had fire issues twice before. And then they finally burned down. You're like, you know, you just, that's, you don't learn. So you burn down. What are you going to do? And Lubis Fargo was insured actually. So really it just cost him their insurance premium. But um, Lloyds of London ended up, I think was the insurer. And so they got the money from the items that were auctioned off and that kind of stuff. Wow. Yeah. Well, if we're ever going to do a heist, I just, the lesson here, well, the lesson here should be don't steal, but the lesson, lesson for us one, is don't steal. <laughs> lesson number two <laughs> is if you do, if you have a heist 
man. Just be smarter about it. Don't buy Elvis paintings and buy a mansion in the same place you stole the money at. <laughs> With cash. <laughs> That's not sus. <laughs> Don't walk up to a bank teller and be like, uh, how much can I give you that will get you to yeah. not report yeah. this to anyone? And have you, yeah, I know you heard about this, the heist at Loomis Fargo, but I'm sure that was in the news, but how much money do I, can I give you without you asking too many questions? I'm curious how much the FBI spent on this investigation. Cause so let's say they stole it in October and I think they were caught in May, was it March? See, to me, that seems like a long time. Six months or so. For these these idiots were doing like just spending lavishly. And it seems like a long time to catch these people. But they couldn't prove the connection to David and all this other stuff. So that's why they had to get him on the phone taps. Oh, so, yeah. They yeah. had to like make a rock solid kind of case, huh? Yeah, because they can be like, well, yeah, they're spending all this money in cash, but they couldn't prove that the money actually came from Loomis. Yeah. Because it was just, it wasn't marked. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's that's it. But anyway, how much do you think the FBI spent on this? Because they, of course, had the people monitoring their phones. They had the people following across the street. They had like uh, airplanes apparently following them at some point and stuff like that. So they must have spent a decent chunk of change investigating this. Well, I wonder if they're, I mean, did that come out of the... The insurance too, like you got to repay the FBI for for all the money we spent. I bet you they don't. I bet you we paid for this FBI. I bet you we paid for it. Thanks a lot, Loomis Fargo. Another pre precursor to the bank bank bailout. Ten years later, <laughs> <laughs> again we have to cover the banks. Yeah. Well, here's 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 a good quote from David Gant. Mm -hmm. I'd like to share with you. Um, he said he said this. He said. You have life and liberty, but you have to get up off your butt to pursue your own happiness. It's not going to be handed to you. <laughs> That's right, David. You tell him, yeah. And so boy stole millions from <laughs> my company <laughs> with a bunch of idiots. Well, folks, it's time to end this show. You can check us out on the web at the 80s and 90s.com. You can follow us on Instagram at the 80s and 90s com. You can leave us a review on whatever podcast player it is that you are listening to us on, preferably Apple Podcasts, since that's the one most people go to. If you're not subscribed, what the hell? Hit the subscribe button Get and continue to listen. And tell your friends so that they can listen too. And with that, we'll say we're out of here to go apply for jobs at Loomis Fargo. Got my resume ready. How about you? Yep, my mind's ready to go. <laughs> Loomis, here I go. Hey, we're both looking for jobs, man. Hook us That's up. That's right. <laughs> Some jobs there. Don't worry. We'll work the night shift. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you could treat us so bad. We won't care. We can take it. Yeah. You could treat us like crap. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. You know, David was a consultant on that, that Masterminds film. Oh, nice. But they couldn't. He, he had to all the money they, he made. They, yeah, all the money he made every and plus it was related to his crime. So every single penny he made for that work went to the IRS. <laughs> Can't make that money off your suck, crime, dude. Yeah, like you're just a construction worker, and like pretty much anything, like you'll never save because like, every 
every every time you make a paycheck or every time you do a different endeavor or something, they just take a huge chunk like you owe us forever, dude. <laughs> that sucks. You owe us millions. You will never pay this off. I hope he had a good time in Mexico.